Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and there's been a big heated debate all over Facebook about passive income, and I couldn't resist jumping in. So welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur audio and video podcast. We're going to debate, discuss, demystify, get rid of all the BS around passive income. Is it real? Is it a scam? Is it a sustainable, achievable outcome? Or is it just a, a pipe dream that's sold by the, um, you know, the snake oilers? And um, I've got some really strong and personal experiences to chuck into the debate. And um, let's go. Let's jump straight in. Now, you're going to hear lots of dings and bings because what I've got is I've got a thread going online, which has got loads of people chirping in. I'm also doing the audio and the video. So hi from, hi, John. Hi, Nick. Hi, everyone. Please Take yourself in, say hi. Questions, comments about the passive income debate. Is it possible or is it a pipe dream? Is it something that you really can get or do you have to set to forget? Do you have to work hard enough not to have to work hard? All right, great. So I'm going to put my flag in the ground and start by saying that passive income absolutely is achievable. Slade wrote a Christmas number one in the 1970s and they earned £500,000 a year every Christmas in royalties. Now, of course, does that mean they woke up, got inspired, wrote a song in three minutes, and then earned 500,000 pounds a year? No, you're smart. You know that that's not the case. So that's why I say you have to set to forget. You have to work hard enough not to have to work hard. So passive income only comes from assets. It does not come from earned income. It does not come from exchanging time for money. It does not come from a job. It does not come from one of the biggest scams ever, which is working 80 hours a week for 40 hours of your life to have no pension and have no, you know, money left at the end of life. So that's as much of a scam as people saying, hey, you can make massive passive income. But the thing is, a lot of the advice is coming from people who don't have passive income, who have tried a couple of times and have failed at it, who are still working really hard and haven't got any. And the irony is they say you can't get any, except they're working really hard and they're not getting any. So what they don't understand is that it's not that it's wrong and it can't be done. It's that they're doing it wrong. So let me share some of the things of you I've I've, um, kind of chirped in with the debate. So number one is passive income can only come from assets. So you want to spend more of your time in assets than you do exchanging time for money. Now, the, the dichotomy, the irony, and I think this is where some of the people who sort of say, oh, passive income's a, a scam, a myth, it's BS. And, and to a certain degree, they're right. If people ever say to you, you don't have to lift a finger, you can zen meditate and get passive income streams coming in through the law of attraction without action, then that is bollocks. That is a scam. Uh, but you're smart enough to know that. I mean, who's, who falls for that? The, the people who fall for that are the people who don't have an understanding about money and they don't you know, understand how it works. So let's park that to the side and assume that you know you have to set to forget, work hard enough not to have to work hard. The irony of the dichotomy is, if you work in sh- exchanging time for money and you get a more instant return on your time, that's probably earned and non-passive. 
Whereas if you spend time investing your time to build an asset which might not pay you immediately, is going to pay you for the much longer run. So let me just go and um, talk about a couple of comments I've got. So Lloyd, Lloyd Smith, hi Lloyd, if you're tuning in, um, thanks for your comment. You said that, um, I thought, I like the way you said this, you said sort of the front end is active and the back end is passive. And I absolutely agree with that. So it might take you a few months or even a few years to build a really good asset. But you might earn on that asset for 100 years. So I wrote Life Leverage. It took me 21 days to write all in, but it probably took me a couple of years to build the knowledge. And it certainly took me six months to research. So let's say all in, it takes three years, something like that, including the 21 days to write. So, you know, if if I sell a few hundred thousand copies of that a year, then everything after the day of publication when it goes is mostly passive. Now, do I occasionally have to send an invoice to my publisher? Do I have to speak to my publisher every now and again? Do I have to, maybe I want to go and respond to some reviews. Maybe I want to post a few posts saying, hey, have you seen my book recently? Yeah. So that you might call that maintenance. And, And that might be 15 minutes a week. I don't know. It depends. You know, I like to put more time in because it's what I love to do. And I like to get my books out there. So you could say the front end is active. The back end is passive. Now, if the best assets, the front end is short. The back end is long. Now, if you're smart enough, you'll pick the right assets. So for example, and Paolo Coelho wrote The Alchemist. I think it was 1983. I put it in my post. It was in the 80s. It might have been 85. Let's have a look. Yeah, so in 1988, he wrote The Alchemist and it sold 65 million copies. And it might have taken him one, three, five, maybe even 10 years of study, you know, to build the knowledge. Who knows? I don't know Paolo personally. But since 1988, 1988, 2008, nearly 30 years, 65 million copies, even if he only earned a quid on that. That's 65 million pounds. You can't tell me that's active, hard-earned, slave, 80 hours a week, hustle, grind income. You know, and a lot of people, the Americans saying, you've got to hustle, you've got to grind, you've got to work 80 hours a week. That's actually completely bad advice. If you're working in, exchanging your time for money. If you're building assets, the front end, to get the back end, and you're setting to forgetting, then okay, that work can be, you know, uh, something that can pay you passive income. So let me give you some other examples. There's a chap called Paul Brown. You may have never heard of him. I hadn't heard of him, who invented the valve. When you put the ketchup bottle upside down, it stops it falling all out. $13 million got for that patent. Um, Lonnie Johnson made five, in five years, made $73 million in royalties from the super soaker that he um, patented. Now, they were royalties. He wasn't going out selling them or building an MLM scheme or, you know, building a massive business selling them. It was a patent and he got royalties of $73 million in five years. So I guess to summarise, how long have we got? We're doing good, actually. We'll we'll cover some more points. And hey, if you've got any questions or comments, please share them. I can see lots of people tuning in. Hi, morning, Gary. (laughs) Thanks for the thumb. All right. So are you spending your time exchanging time for money that you never get back? If you are, then passive income is not possible. Are you investing your time for assets that have the longest return? I like to invest in evergreen assets, which means, you know, if I write a book, I want to make sure in 10 or 20 or 30 years, it's still relevant. I mean, if you look at Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People, if you look at The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, those are still in the top 10 in business, in Audible, probably in Amazon too. And they've been selling for 75 years, 50 years, 20 years, I mean, unfortunately, um, you know, the great Stephen Covey has now passed away, but posthumously, that's bringing in passive income. So it absolutely is possible. Now, here's the problem. 
There's so many people giving you advice about making money who have fucking skint. And it, it quite frankly, it pisses me off. And it pisses me off because I've been in both situations and free advice is worth every penny. And, um, you know, the, the negative news spreads quicker than positive news. According to um, the secrets of word about mouth marketing, something positive will be um, shared four times. Something negative will be shared 11 times. 99.998% population of the world are not millionaires. Only 0.0214% of the population are millionaires, according to Forbes. There are 15 million millionaires in the world. Now, I'm going to say this because it's important. It's not to brag, and I've still got a lot to learn, and I'm 37, and I want to be doing this while I'm 87, but I am one of those millionaires. And I think I'm more qualified than most people who are skint giving free advice that shit on both extremes. Because on one extreme, people are saying you can make millions in five minutes just singing Kumbaya and hugging trees. And then on the other hand, these people who are saying, well, there's no such thing as passive income and you have to work hard your whole life and blah, blah, blah. But, but you know, neither of them are in that. Are they one of the 15 million millionaires? You know, and... Um, have they got the real experience necessary to be sharing their information? So, um, yeah, I feel like I want to sort of, for once, be a bit of a champion of the middle ground. Because on the one extreme, you've got the schemes, the scams, the snake oils, the overpromise, the underdeliver. And I can understand why people get upset about that. I can understand why people want to go, hey, this is all a scam. Therefore, passive income is not, it, not real. It's just sold as a pipe dream. But what they're doing is they're going to an extreme. Now, many millionaires and billionaires who are making a lot of money in the businesses that they're doing and the passive income that they have, they're not spending their time teaching you it. One, because they probably don't want to fight against the voices of the 99.998%. Number two is they're probably too busy doing the things that they're doing to make many millions to share it. Now, there are a few people who are making, you know, good money and good businesses, but also teach, train and share and, you know, have a vision of global financial freedom and want to help the world become more financially educated, secure and free. And, um, you know, and, and if you think of this, if there's 15 million millionaires, how many of those people like me are going to be doing, doing that? Probably only 10,000, 100,000, I don't know, maybe less. So it's such a small voice, but that's the, that's kind of the way 80-20 principle works. So I guess I would say, be careful who you're taking your advice from when it comes to your money, your wealth. Your money and your wealth is one of the most important fundamental things in your life. You're probably sick of working too hard. You're probably sick of being sold something that's not real. But also, and they're both extremes. Also, on the, on the subject of scam schemes and anything else that glitters, if you fall for it, if you, know, if, if you think you can meditate and bags of billions will fall out of the sky, then you need to look at yourself and think, you know, where am I getting my education from? What, why, what vision do I not have? Why am I susceptible to all these things? Where, you know, where in my life am I um, not accountable and responsible for my, my, my own education? Because as soon as you learn about money, and it doesn't take that much time, you learn fundamentals of economics and capitalism, and you learn about you know, currency and flow and energy exchange and all the fundamentals of money... You don't fall for this glittery stuff. In fact, you don't even see it. But you also don't get sucked into the 80 hours a week for 40 hours of your life, uh, 40 years of your life scam either, because you've got to take control yourself. So, what are some of those assets that you could create that can create passive income, which is you know a longer revenue stream than it took to set up? So that could be, for example, books. It could be property, information, intellectual property. It could be movies, licenses, audios, DVDs, 
It could be e-commerce platforms. It could be stock market. It could be companies that you're not actually an employee of and you're not working on um, operationally, but you're working on strategically. It could be leveraging the speed of light through, through the internet. It could be apps. There's so many things that are passive income business models. And um, I, I don't want passive income, the words, the phrases, to get a bad name just because there are just a few people who are kind of clouding it in what it is. Now, there's a, po- a podcast by um, Pat Flynn called Smart Passive Income, and I think that's a good way to look at it. You know, how can you create assets that uh, generate passive income? Now, let's say you've set the asset up, and let's say, I, I, don't, I don't know, for, for a book, a decent book, it might take one to three years, um, but getting the knowledge, doing the research, and then writing the book. Takes longest longest to get the knowledge, little bit shorter to get the uh, research and then shorter still to write the book. Now, if you've done that and you've got decent knowledge and then you write a good book and it's evergreen and you don't put interest rates or loan to values in it or anything that's going to change in six months, then you could realistically earn on that book for a decade, two decades, three decades, four decades. Every now and again, you tweak your listing. Every every now and again, you know, you've got to deal with publishers, etc., so, you know, you might have worked one to three years, but of course that's not all day every day. It's, a lot of it is building knowledge. It's actually, it's not hard work. You know, let's, let's put it into context, context here. We're not in, in gold mines and diamond mines. And we're not, you know, some people say you've got to work for 18 hours for five years. You know, sweat yourself to the bone. That's not true. That's just what you're doing. And those people who are working that much probably aren't making the passive income. So let's put it into perspective. You know, we're not in a third world and we're not slaves here. So come on, let's you know, stop being a victim to how hard we're working. But let's say there's three years of information and knowledge gathering and experience and whatever, and there could be 10, 20, 30 or 50 years revenue on that book. Now, of course, is there a guarantee that that's going to be the next thing can grow rich or um, how to influence and influence people? No, of course not. So what do you do? You write the next one. And, the next, and then you write the next one and you learn. Now, when you do your second book, you've got the three years of knowledge and history and information and education and experience that you roll into the second book. And it takes the second book maybe only one year. And then it takes the third book maybe only six months. And the great thing is, if they're evergreen, each book is an asset. So I'm currently writing my ninth book. Now, three or four of those don't have my name on the title. I co-wrote them. Uh, you know, and if each book sells 300,000 copies a year or even just 30,000 copies a year, then, you know, if you make one, two or three pounds, depending on if you're published or self-published, then you've got a good passive income stream. Now, my publisher, they will do the cover. They will do the editing. They don't ask for any money from me for that. They give me an advance of royalties. They just negotiated uh, translation into simple Chinese, complex Chinese, Korean. They think they can get me 12 to 15 translation rights Across the, across the world. So that's their, their goal. They got me on Radio 2 with Steve Wright, which sold the most copies in one kind of media hit than anything we've ever done. And, um, you know, they're helping me with the next book. We've, we, we, it looks like we've got our third book published by the publisher. And they do all this work for me. Now, what do I need to do? I need to email them every now and again. It's probably five, ten minutes a week or a month. Of course, I need to make sure that the invoices are sent out and the money is paid, but they only pay me every six months anyway, so that's not a huge amount of work. I do like to keep an eye on my listings. I do need to make sure that, you know, I engage with the people who engage with my book. I get a lot of private messages, hundreds of private messages a week. Now, I could automate that if I wanted to, but, you know, part of creating passive income is actually loving what you do and doing what you love, 
merging your passion profession, your vocation and your vacation. And when you merge all of those and you're not doing any work, you're not like, oh, I've got the reply to my 200th person this week that wants to thank me for writing the book and wants me to help them. It's such hard work. I mean, that would be just unbelievably narcissistic to not want to engage with and care for the people that you've helped and are reaching out to you. So once you find something you love to do, you do more of it, like your hobby. Gordon's just joined, who's you know, a great martial artist, world champion martial artist, and his, his business is martial arts and martial arts schools. I mean, what great way to merge a passion profession. He doesn't get up in the morning and go, oh, I've got to go to work for 12 hours to my martial arts school, because he loves martial arts. And that's part of creating passive income, is getting all these income streams from what would be a hobby or you know, a, a vocation anyway, and you can take it on holiday with you and around the world with you. I'm repurposing this into an audio podcast. By the way, if you're listening, it's been repurposed into an audio podcast. And I get to take this simple bit of kit around the world with me and interview. I get to interview people who are you know, the most inspiring millionaires. I've got three MBEs. I've got millionaires, billionaires, people who inspire me. And I get to be inspired by them and get to do a podcast and the podcast gets to reach people in 140 countries. I mean, who could call that work? Here's the thing. I don't sell on my podcast ever. Okay, I I opened my academy once, but it wasn't really a sale. Uh, And um, made probably hundreds of thousands, maybe even a seven-figure amount in indirect revenue from the podcast without ever sort of selling anything on it. Doing something I love to do and it's only been going, what, nine months. So, anyway, thanks for your comments. (laughs) Um, Robin's just said I need a bit more energy from you this morning. As you can see, I'm passionate about this. This this debate is going to go on and on and on online, so join in. Post in the threads below about the debate. Put your thoughts in. If you disagree with me, I'm happy. You know, everyone's entitled to my opinion. Uh, No, but please do debate. I'll answer any questions. Is there anything else we've got? I think we've covered most of it. Uh, How are we doing for time? All good. So remember to subscribe to my podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur, if you're watching on this video. If you're listening on the audio, please make sure you engage in the Disruptive Entrepreneur community. Just search it on Facebook. Thank you for all your support, your shares, your reviews, everything. I'm overwhelmed with the the great response from the podcast. I get to do what I love and I've met so many amazing people. So, you know, I just want to say a a real thank you. It's a, a great thing to be part of. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Thank you very much.